um, yeah, so lovely to be here with you guys, always is, because it just feels like just family and just coming and hanging out, so it's so wonderful. But today I want to share something with you that's really changed me. And I love only speaking, not from head knowledge, but from heart knowledge and from experience, because that's what's really important to me. There's a lot of head knowledge in the world, yeah? There's a lot of, on any one topic, if I open my mouth and just say one thing, I get 20 people giving me advice about this topic, yeah? Ah, oh, I need to lose weight. Well, you should try macro. No, you should try Weight Watchers. No, you should try this. You should try Carnival. You should try, like, all this and they're sending me stuff, and it's like, psh, overloaded. I'm like, I just want to experience. I didn't ask for any of this. But um, every year, you guys, on average, well, it used to be you used to attend church 52 times a year. <laughs> the likelihood is you probably do half that. With Most church statistics say that most people attend church every fortnight, not even every week. It's funny because we transitioned our church to every fortnight gatherings and the other times we were in homes and even that, they're not coming to the fortnight gatherings. It's now once a month and we're like, ah, oh, what are we doing? But um, every year you have on average 52 opportunities and every pastor that will prepare a message will hope that it will change your life. And have you ever come to a service and someone has, the pastor has said, or the preacher or whoever, this thing can change your life? And we, that, we actually, that's our anticipation, but we know that the majority by probably Monday or Tuesday aren't even going to remember what we shared, what we spoke about, and it happens to all of us. Mark will preach an amazing message, and on Monday I'm like, what was that about? <laughs> He's like, are you kidding? I spent, and um, that's because that's what we're like. But today, I actually want to share something with you that we're going to actually put into practice. And it's actually something that I, has been taught to me nine years ago. And it was one of those sermons that actually changed my life. That after that, I was able to do things, everything differently. And so that's what I'm hoping um, is going to happen with you guys today. And so I don't know about you, but who here, when someone says, can you feel God? Can you sense him? You know, who here is a feeler or a seer or a sensor? Put up your hand. Okay, yay, there's a bunch of you. But then there's a bunch of you that are probably like me or how I was, and I was one of those people that didn't feel, didn't see, and so I would have friends who would come and go, oh, you know, I just walked into this and I could just feel the presence of God, and I'm like, I'm feeling nothing. I don't feel, like, did you see that? Oh, the glory of the Lord. And I'm like, nah, looks like, an, looks like a building with people to me. Yeah? Didn't feel, didn't see. And so I was, was raised in a Christian home all my life. And so my faith was based on this. It was a Bible-based faith. And whatever the Bible said, I believed it 100% true. So if the world was created in six days, it's created in six days. And so that was my faith. I didn't feel, I didn't, the only time I would feel something was if, I don't know, a church camp, we're singing, singing Agnes Day, and I get some goosebumps. That was the extent of, oh, I'm feeling something. But otherwise, I didn't feel something. And I had a friend who, she would be always feeling all this stuff. And so she came to me and she says, okay, guys, close your eyes. Okay, tell me, is God above you? Beside you, can you feel him? And um, can, is he under you? Can you feel him behind your back? Where is he? And I'm like, can't feel nothing. I'm trying my hardest to feel, God, where are you? And I'm like, nah, all I know is that he's real. All I know is that the word of God says so, that Jesus died for my sin. And so that was the extent of my feelings. Until, and that was actually a lie, so if you, feel, if you believe that, that I don't really hear, I don't really see, I don't really sense, it's actually a lie that the enemy wants to tell you. And we fall for it. Because we believe it. That, well, I don't feel. But have any of you guys watched a TV show that all of a sudden your heart's racing? Mark and I, years ago, we started watching Prison Break. I don't know if any of you guys had watched Prison Break. Oh, my goodness. So we started watching this thing on a Monday night. 
by halfway through the season, both of us had to stop watching it because we were almost having heart attacks. I'm not kidding. The suspense, the adrenaline, the, oh, he's getting caught. The, it was so ridiculous that our heart would actually be palpate. It was just horrible, yeah? It, would just, it was so bad. We would be, you'd go to bed and you're like, <laughs> still this. And I'm like, this is fake. Yeah, this is not real. It's a TV show. It's not real, but we are... Our, and our body is beginning to manifest in this way. Our bodies is going into, our heart rates were going through the roof over this ridiculous program. So halfway through, we're like, we can't watch this. It's not good for our hearts. It's not good for our minds. We weren't sleeping very well. So Hollywood is absolutely amazing at creating fake atmospheres. Jaws, who, who here... Dun, 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 dun. And the moment you hear it, you're like, <gasps> yeah. It's a fake atmosphere they create. It's not real. We know it's this mechanical, and I mean, back then, now you look at it and go, how, did we, how are we even scared of that, yeah? <laughs> but it, Hollywood creates atmospheres. And in this world, they create fake atmospheres. But in this world, we walk every day in our environments into atmospheres. Some amazing godly. You walk into this church building and you're like, ah, oh, I just feel God and I feel peace and I feel relaxed. But have you ever walked into another space and go, oh, something's not right? Oh, yes. And if you're a feeler, you will absolutely understand what I'm speaking about. But all of us, regardless if you're a feeler or a seer or a sensor, all of us have gone through this. We used to live in this area um, in Melton and when we would walk... I would walk with the kids, and it was beautiful. There was parklands and a bit of, like, wetlands. And it's a really nice walk. Most of the time, you'd just breeze through and be, you know, if it's a nice day, and would come past these units. They were townhouses. There was about six of them. The moment you'd go into past those townhouses, something would shift. I didn't know what it was, but I would just start feeling yuck. I would start feeling a bit of anxiety, a bit of anxiousness would rise up, a bit of fear. I don't know why. Whenever I'd walk, and we're like, okay, quick, we're going to walk really fast past these, because it was the only way to go. So we'd breeze through it, and there was always just this yucky feeling. And I had no idea what it was. I was so oblivious. Until... Um, some of you may know I run an inner healing ministry called Sozo, and um, so Dorna De Silva, who's the founder of that, she shared about what was happening and about shifting these atmospheres. And I'm like, the penny dropped. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's an atmosphere over that. So when, once we started doing a bit of digging, we found out there's all sorts of horrible stuff going in this little street. So there's a lot of drugs and there's a lot of all sorts of stuff going on in the back alley there. So no wonder my spirit was... Something was going on inside of me. And so... There are atmospheres every day around us and we step into them without even paying attention. You will step into something, something will change inside of you, yeah? And then we get freaked out by that. We're like, what's going on? I've, you know, I'm feeling horrible inside. But then the atmosphere is not to change. We are not to come under that atmosphere. We are to be the salt and light, the word of God says. So I should be changing that atmosphere as I'm going through. But then how when I'm full of fear and, you know, years ago Mark and I were walking down um, Alexandra Gardens. It was by the art gallery in Melbourne and there was a whole coven of witches, yeah? And you could see they had cloaks on and they had, there was a guy with like a deceptor thing. And at the time I was like, should we cross onto the other side of the road? You could see they had, you know, some flamethrowers and, you know, they were doing whatever they did. And we felt it in our spirit, but it came a spirit of fear, yeah? So I'm like, I don't want to go too close. I'm not going to go past them. Let's cross on the other side of the road because of this fear of what these people are doing there. But we are to be the salt and light. So that's a really bad attitude that I have. I'm going, I'm going to cross the other side of the road. I'm going to walk faster past that because of what's going on. And... Every day you will walk into work situations, you will walk into uni, you will walk wherever you work, in your home, and there are atmospheres that you will come under all the time. Yeah. Have you ever come, gone into an atmosphere that's full of tension? Yeah. 
Dad, you've been working all day, work's gone pretty cruisy, you walk home and all of a sudden the kids are screaming, the wife's, can you do this, can you do this, you know? And you're like, oh, I've just stepped into a war, war zone, yeah? I just wanted to come home to some peace and quiet. The kids are like, there's mess everywhere. Can you put the water, the water you know, the pot's boiling over and you've stepped into chaos. And oftentimes what will happen is you'll just step right into the chaos, and go, well, guess what? I've had a really bad day and I didn't need to come and see all this. Blah, blah, blah. If you knew what my day was like. And you walk straight into it and you've come straight under it. And yet the word of God says, hold on, you were to change the atmosphere. You were to recognise what's going on. Were you anxious? Were you overwhelmed? Were you 10 minutes ago before you walked home? No, you've stepped into this atmosphere at home and now... This is what's going on. All of a sudden, the things at home are exploding. And then we start to bicker. We start to fight with our partner. We start to fight. We yell at the kids. The kids are yelling with us. You're in a work situation. Same thing, there's high levels of tension at work. And you're stepping right in. And we begin to fight against flesh and blood, against the people that we love, against the work colleagues who are there to supposedly help us and do life with us. And so we begin to partner with, with this flesh and blood. And yet the Spirit of God says, can we just um, have the first Bible verse up? We all know this, Ephesians 6.12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rules and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That's what we are fighting the evil spirits in the heavenly places. We are fighting. When we get home and there's chaos going on, the enemy's there going, yes, I want them to fight tonight. I don't want peace in this home. I want chaos to reign. I want this to go on. Isn't it? Absolutely. And so, but then I'm fighting my kids, I'm fight, who I love. I'm fighting my spouse, who I love, thinking it's flesh and blood because they're not honouring and they're not helping me and blah, blah, blah. When instead it's the spirit realm that I should be fighting. And so C.S. Lewis, and I mean, who, who got saved here in the 80s or 90s or were around church in the 80s or 90s? A few of us. In the 80s and 90s, man, there was a demon under every place. There was a demon on that TV show. There was a demon in that song. There was a demon under that rock. There was a demon under that speaker. There was a demon in it. You couldn't go to Thailand. You couldn't go to Bali and bring back something because he had a demon attached to it. And so everything was demonic. Harry Potter's demonic. This is demonic. Everything was constantly demonic. Yeah, you remember that, Andrew? So we'd be casting everything out, yeah? The problem is that's what happened and people got so caught up in this in seeing demons everywhere, in seeing evil in every spiritual thing, that then something happened. For the past 20 years, we've shifted all the way where the majority don't even believe in that sort of stuff. What demons? There's no demonic powers nowhere. Well, life is good. God is good all the time. There's no demonic forces. And we live totally oblivious to what? And we walk under these atmospheres that are demonic and we just, what, what, Really? I just thought I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Who says I woke up on the wrong side of the bed? C.S. Lewis. There's a really good... Um, I'm just going to read this quote from him. The enemy sends distractions in pairs of opposites. The enemy relies on your extreme dislike for one to propel you past the truth to the polar opposite. Isn't that what he does? So he says, fine, you don't like seeing a demon everywhere. We're going to propel you right to the other side where you're not even going to believe they exist. And so we live in this bubble where demons don't exist, nothing exists, there's nothing spiritual. And so we've gone, and isn't that our society, yeah, where like we've po where there's just polar opposites, there's no middle ground anymore, it's either here or here, there's nothing in between. And yet what I really want to, us to grasp is that this is very real. When you step into an environment of chaos, there is a demon there going, I want chaos to reign in this house. I want it to reign in your home. And we live oblivious and just come under it, but we need to learn how to recognise. And so just like we have all those feelings of the movies, 
when I was having all those feelings with prison break. Yeah, I've learned to train and go, hold on, I sense that. I didn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed. And so the first thing, I'm going to give you four really easy ways where you guys can walk into any situation and because you are the children of God, you guys can actually change the atmosphere instead of coming under it. And so we're not going to say things like, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I sleep on the left. There is no wrong side of the bed. I always get out on the left because that's my side. Marx is the right. He will always go out on the right. Because that is, there's no wrong side of the bed. But we make it, why do we say the wrong side of the bed? Because something has happened in the spirit realm. We've come under something. So we've woken up grumpy. You normally don't wake up grumpy. What has happened in the spirit realm that has made you believe that you woke up on the wrong side of the bed? And somebody will say that to you. So then I'll wake up, I'm in a, you know, in a bit of a funny mood. And then all I need is for someone to say, did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? And what will I go? Yep, I've agreed with it. I've partnered with it. The moment you partner with it, that's it. Everything changes because you've now come into agreement with it. What Ross was sharing about agreements, so real. We make agreements and partnerships every day with the demonic. Every day. People would... Actually, a few years back, Mark was sharing um, really random. Every few months, three, four months... He would wake up on a Sunday morning with extreme back pain to the point where it was crippling. Now, he's got to preach on the Sunday morning, so he's got to get up and preach, he's got to play, he's got to do all this stuff, but it would be so, so bad. His back would be in agony and we would pray, we'd DP, yeah, take a couple of Voltarans to get through because you're like, man, I'll... and he's like, I may have to preach sitting down because it's so bad. We had no idea. We're like, and he didn't do gardening. It's not like he ran a marathon. He didn't stretch anything. He just woke up with this back pain. And we had no idea what it was. And so it would last for a couple of days. He would disappear. A few months later, the same thing will happen. Extreme back pain. We're like, what is this coming? Totally oblivious to what was happening. What we found out then one Sunday morning when he had this extreme back pain, so this is now six or nine months or whatever, and it comes and goes, that particular Sunday, there's a mind-body-spirit festival on. Every time the mind-body-spirit festival would come, he would get this extreme back pain. What was happening in the spirit realm? And we were oblivious. What are we giving? Voltaren. Yeah, we're doing pop some pills, put a heat pack on. But it's not flesh and blood. It wasn't his flesh. It's in the spirit realm that something was shifting. And so once we recognise that, so then every time we'd see, hold on, this Sunday the Mind, Body, Spirit Festival's coming into town at Tabcorp Park. We're changing it. So are saying, hold on, enemy. We see you. I recognise what you're doing and we're not partnering with you. We're not giving you any inch into our family, into our health, because this is, uh, this is, flesh and this is not flesh and blood that we are fighting. This is the spirit realm that we are fighting. And so... We learned to shift that atmosphere. So when the Mind, Body, Spirit Festival came, we weren't intimidated. Oh, no. No. We know that our, the authority that we carry in Christ, which all of us do. And so sometimes we say, so how do I recognise an atmosphere? How do you recognise that an atmosphere's been around you? And one of the ways is what we call where you check yourself at the door. So before you walked in to a place or a region, check yourself. How am I feeling today? I'm feeling full of hope. I'm feeling joyful. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling well. You, if you walk in and within 15 minutes, there's disappointment, disheartening, you know, um, disunity, fighting, there's depression, all of a sudden you're feeling heavy. Something is in that atmosphere and you will begin to recognise it. There's a restaurant that me and Mark oftentimes will go to with our kids Great Italian restaurant, really good food, but the boss of that place, the owner, is horrible. So he watches over his, his people all the time. He'll stand there and the atmosphere changes whenever he's in the room because he's just constantly watching and, he's, and he makes us actually feel, the food's amazing, I want to go there. The, the atmosphere, the, the decor's lovely, but him, his presence makes it feel horrible. And I'm like, how can one man... Change the atmosphere of... Have any of you guys worked in workplaces like that? Where you've worked in a place, 
The workplace is good, the colleagues are great, but there's one person there and whenever they come, something is... And we make excuses. We just go, well, you know what? It's because Tom's like that. Every time he comes and we just succumb under whatever they're bringing. But yet you have the authority to change that. And once you've recognised it, that's the biggest key is to recognising what it is. So, yeah, <laughs> we need to recognise... I'm going to... Can we have... There's another verse which is Hebrew 5.14. And it says... Uh, but solid food is for those who are full grown, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. So it says you can train or you can exercise your senses. So those of you who feel nothing, it's a lie because here in Hebrews it says, hold on, you can exercise, you can train your senses to discern good and evil. So rather than being totally oblivious, because that was me, I'm like, oh yeah, there's some, I'm like floating around, I can see, you know, I, don't, I didn't sense anything. Walk into danger, okay, I was a bit like Dory. Yep, just keep swimming, just keep swimming into all these places. And yet, now I've learned to exercise and train my senses. So when I now, years ago, if we went into that restaurant, I'd be like, what is it with this guy? What is it with this place? I'm not, was now, hold on, it's him. So what am I going to do about it? As a Christian, I've walked into this restaurant. What am I going to do about it? I can do something about it. And once you've recognised it, once you've seen what's going on, you can actually do something about it. And so some places are really easy to discern. Dalesford. Who goes to Dalesford? Who likes Dalesford? Okay, some of you like Dalesford because it's beautiful and there's a beautiful lake there. Every time I go to Dalesford, there's such... A heaviness for me. I don't know what it is, but I know there's a lot of witchcraft goes around there. And so I, there's a heaviness there. For me, I don't want to go holiday there. As much as it's beautiful and there's some beautiful, you know, but then there's ashrams and there's all sorts of other stuff there that doesn't sit well with my spirit. So the moment I go into Dalesford, I can feel a shift in the atmosphere. I can feel it. You'll go past... A tarot. Have any of you guys, if you go to, um, in Melbourne, I don't know if any of you guys go, there's a place called Royal Arcade and there's a witchcraft, like fully witchcraft shop in there. They've got, you know, um, pentagrams, they've got spells, they've got, they sell cloaks, they sell crystals. Then as you enter the, into the arcade, there's these two statues, huge statues kind of above like that and it's called Gog and Magog. If you go to, to Royal Arcade, walk in there, check it out. Every time we used to go there before, we'd be like, oh, there's something, yeah, just quickly let's walk through this and there's that witch store, so ugh, yeah, let's just quickly walk past it because I was intimidated by it. But now that I recognise, hold on, I'm not fight. this is in the spirit realm, I'm going to do something about it. And so I've recognised it and now I'm going to shift this atmosphere. And so one of the ways that you do it... Number one is to recognise. Number two is to reject. So whatever it is that they're projecting out, you reject it. Uni, those of you who go to uni, I'm sure there's stuff constantly being thrown. Yeah, thrown at you. You don't have to partner with it. Hold on, I see what's happening. I'm rejecting. There's this tension building. There's a lot of people who want to have, you know, build arguments against Christianity. Hold on. I'm putting a roadblock on that. I recognise it. I'm not going to partner. Have you ever gone on Facebook and someone's tried to lure you in? Andrew gets lured in all the time. <laughs> no, he chooses to step into it. That's different. <laughs> but you know where somebody... And I had a friend, same thing. I just put something up about women in ministry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, the word of God says... Da, 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 da. You know, I said, I'm not going to partner with this. I see where you're coming from. I see that you're, you've got a, a divisive spirit over you. I know that you're trying to tear down the body of Christ and I'm not, I refuse to doing it on Facebook. I will privately message you, but I'm not going to do it publicly because I don't think it's right to tear down other ministries and other believers, regardless of what I believe. But it's holy, righteous anger. Well, no, you just think you're the only one that's right and yet you're wanting to fight against the body of Christ. It's wrong because you're bringing dissension in. And that's never Jesus' heart. Even if you're believing you're 100% right. 
We need to walk in love. We need to walk in unity, especially as the body. I may not agree with every other church down the road. I may not agree with every single thing. But our core beliefs, do I believe in Jesus? Do I believe in the Bible? Do I believe that Jesus is the only way to salvation? Do I believe that the Bible is 100% true? All the other stuff, gifts, women, speaking in tongues, they're all secondary issues. And so what we should be fighting is this. These tarot readers, these witchcraft stuff, these atmospheres, the LGBT stuff that's going on, isn't it? It's so loud. It's so, so loud. And so we need to go, okay, I recognise it. What am I going to do? I'm going to reject that. I'm not going to allow it to seep into my heart. I see you. I reject you. I'm not going to partner with you. In... Genesis 4-7, it says, and you have a choice whether you pick this stuff up. In Genesis 4-7, it says, sin is crouching at your door, eager to control you. Um, you will be... So sin is crouching at your door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. This is what God said to Cain. Sin is crouching at your door. Sin is always crouching at our door. But we have a choice whether we're going to come under it, whether it's going to subdue us or we are going to master, be the master over it. You have a choice in every single thing that you do. I will be the master over this. I'm not going to come under it. I will subdue it and be its master. And yet Cain didn't. We know he didn't. And he, Cain gave into it, he partnered with it and... We know the, how that story went. But every day you have a choice whether you're going to come under the atmosphere or reject it. Are we going to accept depression? Are we going to accept anxiety? Or do we choose to reject it? And I know it's hard. People go, oh, but you don't. It is so, so hard because it is almost second nature. Yeah? When you've partnered with something for so, so long, when it becomes a familiar spirit to you, it's just part of, we just think, well, that's just who I am. I've suffered with it for 20 years. My mum suffered with it. My grandmother suffered with it. So that's just in our family. No, it's not in your family. You've, you've accepted it. You've partnered with it. And the enemy's going, exactly. You keep doing that. Years ago, I had an issue with a poverty spirit. Mark's still trying to break it off fully. But um, <laughs> we're working on it, babe. But um, my dad had a poverty spirit where he had to hold on to every cent. And even when he had money, he would not want to spend it. Unless something, you know, my dad, I don't know if I shared this last one, he cut his leg from here to here, 52 stitches. I was 10 years old, I was in primary school, my dad's screaming, right? His blood, he, there's just blood pouring out everywhere. There's this massive gay, you know, gash in his leg because he wouldn't buy a saw that had a safety yeah, you know that little, well, no, the sa you know that safety lever that comes? He's broke and he didn't want to buy a new saw for 40 bucks back then or whatever it was. And yet he, gashed, he cut open his whole leg for $40. He had, uh, uh, he used to have $800 sitting in his pocket. At any one time he would have $300, he'd have $100 notes, $50 notes. He wouldn't have a wallet and yet there were times when he would put his hand, he'd take out and money would fall on the ground. And us as kids were like, ah, Dad dropped a 20! <laughs> and so my mum said whatever was in his washing, if he put his washing in the washing, whatever was found in the washing machine belonged to her. My mum got some amazing furniture. My mum bought some amazing stuff. But my dad had this poverty spirit where I cannot spend. I had to hold. And so I picked it up. And so all my life, when we speak about bargains, Rose, I'm like, yay, I'm the bargain because I don't want to spend any money. Mark's like, you're so tired, just spend some money. <laughs> I'm like, no. It's, it was a poverty spirit. I believed. I took it on board, believing that that is who I am, that that is what I deserve. And so it's really easy for somebody from the outside to come in and see, hold on, you're partnering with this. For me, I'm living it. I'm thinking it's me. So for those of you who go, no, but depression, anxiety, worry, fear, stupidity, oh, I'm just stupid because my mum and dad, nobody in my, you know, went to uni, no one in my family line went to uni. I'm just dumb. For all those people, it's a lie. You've just believed it because it's so familiar to you. And so there's ways of shifting that. And so 
Not that long ago, um, not that long ago, Mark and I we were at in our town, so we're living in Torquay, and the Hare Krishnas come to town. Yeah, they've got a colour festival got happening. So there's all these families and they're all there and they're all Hari Hari Krishna Krishna like over and over and over again. There's this tarot card reading, the line for the tarot card reading. Oh my goodness, from the drum kit like towards the front, like you go that way. Like it was ridiculous. People are lining up for this. Then over here they've got a whole, like all this yoga meditation, they're all humming and harring and whatever. And so Mark and I go, what are we going to do about this? This is in our town. Okay, you know what? Not on our watch. Not on our watch. You do not come from outside and come and bring this into our town. And so we just said, we walked around, we prayed, we recognised it, and we're going, you know what, Spirit? You were trying to harm people. You were trying to bring something that's not of God. And we say, not on our watch. So we just walked around it, prayed, and then we just stood by at the, at the entrance and we just prayed and go, we release so, first we recognise, then we reject. So we reject you, spirit of false gods. We reject you and we release the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come, flood these people. Holy Spirit, show spirit of rejection, um, of deception. We see you. We're not going to part with you. We release the Holy Spirit, spirit of truth to flood, where people are searching for something. They're searching for something in those tarot cards. We shut those down, and spirit of truth, Jesus, you reveal yourself to them. And that's how you fight in the spirit realm. That is how you fight. Not flesh and blood. Not, well, let's put a ban, let's try to, you know, let's have a fight with the yogi or whoever he was and, you know, their head guy. No, we are fighting in the spirit realm. And so even in this atmosphere, you, if you come to Torquay, Torquay has a very different atmosphere to, to Ballarat. Ballarat has an atmosphere. What is the atmosphere of Ballarat? What do you guys sense? Gold. Cold. <laughs> it is cold. Wendy. But sometimes, and I don't know about now, but sometimes, it, you know, is there a spirit of rebellion? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, Andrew is there? Maybe, maybe not. If you have a look how far, there's a spirit of rebellion. But you know what, when we're speaking about regional spirits, that's something that as a church, and I believe as church leadership, that that's, where we, that's our roles to step into. But you guys can release, go, you know what, if there is a spirit of oppression, we're going to release the opposite. What's the opposite of oppression? Joy. What's the opposite? And I love it because as we begin to release the opposite, it's actually based on scripture. Isaiah 61. I love it because God says, you give me your ashes, yeah, and I'm going to give you beauty because he says, I'll give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Oh, I'm going to give you my mourning, my depression. I'm going to give you my ang all this, yeah, I'm going to give it to you. And God says, I'm going to give you joy. But you have to hand it. You have to give it to him. And he says, I'm going to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I'm giving you my heaviness. I'm giving you my despair. And God says, I'm going to give you the spirit of praise. And so Isaiah 61, 3, God loves to do trades. He trades all the time because he comes on agreement. But you have to release something and... Isn't that what happened like even when Jesus cast out demons? He would cast out demons, but he says, you've got to fill that. If you don't fill it, they come back worse. So in the 80s, we would just rebuke everything. I rebuke it, I renounce it, I rebuke it, cast it out, cast it out. But unless you fill it, unless you fill it with something else, it won't work. And so our job as Christians is once we've recognised, once we've re rejected it, we've rebuked it, we've sent it off, then we need to release the opposite. We release. So when you come home, dads, you come home and there's chaos in the house. You know what? Step back outside and go, God, I'm going to release peace. I'm going to release tranquility. I'm going to release joy back into my home that as I come, I'm not going to come under all this kids fighting and whatever else. I'm releasing 
peace. The peace, Holy Spirit, your peace is walking in with me. So when I walk back home, things change. Yeah, that's how you do it. You relate. Uni, when there's things going on in university and there's, you know, there's debates going on and sometimes they get heated and some people love that, but sometimes they're unhealthy debates, yeah? Or if you're feeling attacked, you say, hold on, I'm going to release. I'm, I'm getting spirit of chaos. I see you. I reject you. I'm not partnering with you and I'm going to release peace. I'm going to release shalom over this situation. Where there's disunity, we place unity. There's, it's happening everywhere. I went to another church a few years back and for some reason it felt really weird because everyone was very, very clingy, very lovey-dovey, but almost too lovey-dovey. I don't know if that... It was kind of odd and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't feel... Something felt off. My friend who's been there for years, nothing feels off to her. She's like, no, this is, you know, we're just a really lovely church. We just all love each other. And, you know, but it almost felt a little, I don't know, it just felt weird to me. As we're chatting over lunch, then she says, oh, yeah, no, that, you know, there's been a few affairs in the church. There's been a few. And I'm like, that's what it is. There was a spirit of lust. They don't recognise it. It's normal. They just, that's how they are. But what, if there's a few, if you have three or four couples that there's infidelity or cheating or marriages breaking down because of infidelity, it's a spirit of lust. So that's why we say, hold on, I'm going to release the opposite. I see you. I reject you and I'm going to, and we start praying the opposite. We start praying for healthy marriages, for committed relationships. You know, that spirit of lust not only does it destroy marriages, it gets people into pornography. It gets people, it spirals onto their kids, onto their youth, yeah? But when we come with the opposite spirit, because Jesus, you always trade up, yeah? So I'm handing this, because that's not who I am. And so you may come into a situation sometimes, you know, that all of a sudden there's a lot of sexual stuff going on in the atmosphere, you have a choice. I'm going to reject that. I'm not going to come under that, even though I feel it calling me. I'm, going to, I'm not going to come under that. I'm going to reject it. Thank you, Father God. I release the opposite. I release healthy relationships. I release godly. I, I release purity over that situation where there's lust and there's infidelity and cheating and everything else. I release purity over that. And so you have the ability to change every atmosphere you go in. So now, when we go past... Royal Arcade, and there's all that witch stuff. It's still there. It's been there for 20 years. When we go past, we're not intimidated. We'll just stand at the front, and we look, and we just release the presence of God. Holy Spirit, come and flood this place where there's so much deception, where there's so many, where there's so much... Um, oh, I don't even know what it is. Yeah. We just release the opposite of that into this situation. We release the spirit of truth to come where there's lies being spoken, where there's, you know, many false gods. We say there's only one God and we release that, the almighty God, that he will reign in this arcade. And so you can do that. So wherever there's discord, we're going to sow unity. Wherever there's anger, have you ever walked into a city and there's so much anger going on? Yeah, and you just come right under it. You're like, you're ready to explode because you don't know why, because everyone else is angry. No, we release peace where there's lack, where there's constant lack. But, oh, my parents were poor. It's a generational thing. Their parents were poor. They were always fighting, you know, to making a living. I'm going to fight all my life to make a living. No, where there's lack, we release blessing. We release plenty. We say Jehovah Jireh over, those, over all those areas. And so, after we've released, there's one last thing which says, actually, can I just quickly share on releasing? Sometimes that's, it sounds really easy, but sometimes it, it's really difficult. A few years back, probably about, oh, it must have been 2018, pre-COVID, our church, we used to, we have never struggled financially as a church to pay our rent. 
We rented a building. It was nearly $6,000 a month. Crazy, right? It was like five, 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 six. Then it went to five, eight. But we have always been able to pay the rent on that as well as wages. Always. God always provided. It got to one particular month back in I think 2018, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, we don't think we're going to be able to make wages and rent. What are we going to do? Like, and, you know, in the, in the natural realm, like, oh, you know, do we send a message out? People, can you just give that little bit extra? We're not going to make rent. And God says, God says, I want you to give away $5,000 to the church up the road because they can't pay their rent. And we're like, what? Can't be from God. We, we can't pay our rent. It doesn't matter what the church up the road that they can't pay their rent, you know. And God says, no, I want you to trust in this. You release. You say you have lack. You cannot make wages meet. You cannot make rent. Release that $5,000. Bless the church up the road and see what I can do. In the human, we're like, no, we can't afford it. We can't afford it. There's no way. How is this going to work? So thank goodness we listened to what Holy Spirit did and we blessed the church, gave them the 5000 and I don't know how... I don't know how. Comes end of the month, there is money for everything. Money started coming in. We didn't have to do this, please, begging call, please, church, can you? Why? Because God says, if you release what you don't have, you may not have it, but you release it anyway. Give it over to me and see what I can do. So I know you're feeling chaotic inside. I know you're feeling you don't have very good health, but you give me that and you start speaking health over my body. I speak, oh, but I've got a sore back. Health over me. Because, and so Jesus, I give you my sickness. I give you my pain. I give you my anxiety. I give you my disappointment. I give you this broken relationship. I give you all this stuff. And God says, I'm willing to trade, but you have to release it. Give it to me and say, praise God we did. Yeah, what a wonderful testimony. And so begin to release. Don't hold on to things too tightly. So we have um, recognise, reject, release. So I see you. I choose not to partner with you. I'm sending you back. I release this, whatever it is, and then we rejoice. We need to start rejoicing and being thankful for every blessing. Romans 8.37. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Victory is ours. Why? Because of him. Because of Jesus. Not because I have the power. I've got the power. No. Jesus has the power. Victory is his and he has given it to us. He has given it to you. So when you walk down the street, when you walk into work and there's some confrontation or something's going on or whoever it is at work that's giving you a hard time and every other time you've just come under, he's he's made a stink bomb at work and you're like, oh, my day was rubbish because Bob was there and he just vomited and spewed all over me. Yeah? No, I'm changing that. I see the spirit that... It's not Bob. I see the spirit that's behind him. I reject it, I release the opposite and I speak that when next time Bob comes in, he's going to be full of joy. I release joy in this workplace. I release healthy relationship, good connections, people working together where somebody wants to work, you know, make it all about him, that we're going to make this a workplace where people work together as a church, yeah, that when people come, that they feel loved and embraced, where there's rejection. When people will reject, they're going to come in with rejection. And they're really hard people to love. Because someone's going to come through this door and doesn't matter what you do, they're going to still feel rejected. We've been journeying with somebody for, oh, I don't even know how many long, how many years. It doesn't matter what we do for this person, she always feels rejected. We've... I've had to slap her across the head. I've had to have her over at our house for dinner. Mark's chased her around the church once because there's such a spirit of rejection on her. Yeah, I know. He chased her at church. 
So this lady comes with this spirit of rejection constantly. And so every few months, she's been in our church. She was an ex-drug addict. She's been in our church for many, many years. And she comes every three months, I'm done with this church. There's no love in this church. I'm like, well, who did you invite for dinner this week? Well, nobody's invited me. Yeah. I'm like, well, what have you done to love somebody? Well, I've tried. And I'm like, exactly. And so is everybody else. And so then she, this one time she came and she sat and she's like, um, once again, she's done for the 10th time. I'm done with this church. And she storms out. She runs out and Mark starts chasing her. It was so funny to see him run down the church. So he's running, right? He runs around the church. He grabs it. He's like, sit down. You're going to listen to me. And he's screaming. So now there's a screaming match going on at church. You know, she's like, oh, she's got her 10 bits to say. He's saying his bits. In the end, they prayed, they hugged it out. And she goes, you know what? She says, Mark, that was the best day of my life. She says, because nobody has ever chased after me. Everybody always said I was too hard, too much work, too much effort. You're never going to change. Nobody ever chased after me. And that you chasing after me was the best day of my life. Crazy, yeah? He's ready just to slap her. He's like ready. He's like, oh, I've had enough of this crazy woman who's constantly leaving. Yeah, but to her it spoke. And so people will come and sometimes we've got to change those atmospheres. So where their spirit of rejection. You know what? No, we're sick of this rejection over your life. You belong here. And that's what he said that day. Didn't look different to what we expected, but he was saying, this day you're not running because you belong here. No one else has chased, most people have chased her out of church. We've chased her into church and you're staying poor. Because it was the opposite of what she was expecting. And so, each of us, as you go out throughout this week, you're going to have an opportunity to succumb under it or to go above it and to change. And that's what I want you guys to learn to learn to recognise, reject, release and rejoice. Imogen, can you come here? No, it's okay. Can you just hand these out? I don't know. Hopefully I'll have enough and if not, yeah, people can share. But these are just little tags that, you know, stick it somewhere. Stick it in your glove box. I mean, on your, you know, with a little flippy sun visor. Stick it on your sun visor. Stick it somewhere on your bathroom mirror. This is just to remind you, the steps are not difficult, but they will change your life. Now I do not fear going past certain places. Why? Because I've got the tools. I know how this works. I know how to do this. They've got little stickers on the back you can peel off if you want. (laughs) All right. Finishing up. So, we're going to end. But, if this is something that you would like to grow in, I'm gonna, we're going to pray together now that you guys are going to become people who can discern. We need Christians who can discern what's going on in the atmosphere so that we're not succumbing under it, that we, as we walk in, we will be the salt and light. People often say, oh, but Kaz, when you walk in, there's so much joy. I'm like, sometimes I don't feel joyful, but I will bring joy. I'm going to bring joy into a situation. Sometimes I work and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, my bills, my family, my issues, blah, blah. But wait, you know what? I'm going to bring joy into that situation because there's so much heaviness. There's so much oppression. There's so much darkness. There's so much disappointment. And Lord, let me just bring a bit of joy that when I come. And so... If I'm just let's I want everyone to close their eyes. And just repeat this after me. Father God, do you want me to grow in discernment? If you feel yes, I want you to stand up. If you feel God says that He wants you to grow in that area. And if not, stay sitting, that's okay. But if, you're gonna, if you felt that the Holy Spirit said, I want you to grow in discernment to be able to recognise atmospheres, we're going to pray. Okay. And so I want you just to repeat this after me. Father God, 
I'm sorry for not recognising what you were doing and for downplaying the work of the enemy and for fighting flesh and blood. Holy Spirit, help me to see what you are doing and to recognise what is going in the atmosphere so that I can bring change, that I can be the agent of change. So enemy, I renounce the lie that I cannot hear God, that I cannot discern and that I cannot feel. I reject that lie. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are guiding me in your truth. Holy Spirit, can you come and stand next to me? Can you feel that? Some of you will. Some of you won't. And if you haven't, it's not because he's not there. Because we know the Holy Spirit is always with us. But if, it's not, if he's not there, it's just because you haven't exercised your senses. And so we practice, we say, Holy Spirit, thank you for coming and standing next to me. Even though I may not be feeling you right now, I thank you that you were there. Help me to discern, help me to feel when you're with me, when you're around me. So I'm just, Holy Spirit, I thank you for this amazing group of people. I thank you that they are going to change atmospheres as they walk through Ballarat, as they walk through the streets, as they walk into school and uni and workplaces, that they will be able to change the atmosphere. That they will not come under it, but they will be the agents of change. I thank you that this is not difficult, that as we recognise that we will reject, we will release, and we will rejoice because victory is ours and you are always true. So I thank you for the upgrade that you are giving on all those seers and on all those people who are already walking in this, that you will give them greater discernment to be able to tell what is good and what is evil. And I bless every person here today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.